Welcome to Not Your Average Mother Runner Podcast. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. One day she picked up the phone. I know you don't want to talk to me, but I just want to let you know that I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you so hard. We're praying for you because we love you. Da, da, da. And because she opened up that conversation of telling me how much she loves me and admires me that I'm going through this, I was able to kind of like tell her everything I was feeling. And I confessed to her, I'm jealous of you. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous that you're having a baby. I'm jealous that you're talking to me about having a baby and you have your daughter behind you screaming and yelling. And I don't think that that's fair. And I'm a good person. I don't envy anybody. I want people around me to win. So why can't I have a baby? Mm. And, it, and it got really dark. And she was just so sad because she goes, I didn't realize that you were going through this alone. And also when you go through IVF and you have any miscarriages or you have anything that doesn't, any, any embryo or any, anything that doesn't latch onto you to continue a pregnancy, the first person you blame is yourself. And I blamed myself because I was just like, maybe it's because of my choice of, of, of food or maybe it's my weight or maybe it's, you know, PCOS. It's maybe, there's so many things that you think to yourself that you start blaming yourself for. And it's like, you know, I was just kind of like blaming myself. I can't blame my husband. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it was psychologically, it was really, really difficult. And I wish I would have had a page like this, like a Latina support. Because the thing is, it's kind of like, I feel like as a Caribbean person, Caribbean people know what to say in your language, in your words for you to talk. Like I always say on my lives, I talk in, in English and I dream in Spanish because I got that line from the Latinas Bible, which I absolutely recommend for any Latinas. It's like chicken soup for the Latina soul. I absolutely love it. Yes. Because I was also, in one of my episodes, I also mentioned this, where a lot of people go for like chicken soup for the soul, chicken soup, but it's written by a woman that does not look like me. So a lot of the chicken soups I couldn't relate to. Mm-hmm. But I was determined because I am the type of person to be like, if this is not here for me, I need to search for it. And I'm going to have to search a little harder. And I found the Latinas Bible. And that's one of the quotes that I would never forget. I talk in, Sp- in, talk in English, but I dream in Spanish. So there's only a connection to your people that you're going to feel support from. It can be a joke. It can be just words, a phrase, something of the culture to help you in your journey. Mm-hmm. And I did not find anything like that. And I don't think that that's fair and right. And that's why I was just like, like let me just do Titi Rollades and create a, a, a space for Latinas mm-hmm. to go to. I go through a lot of IVF pages and half of the things that they have to support each other are not in Spanish. So what do I do? I take it, translate it and put it on my page oh, and give credit to the great. page. So anytime you go on my page, yeah, I have it in English and I have it in Spanish. That's great. I don't write it in any other language because I don't know it, but... <laughs> No, no, I'm trying my best good. with what I have, yeah. you know? That's very good. Let's talk about IVF and explain what that is for those who don't know what that is. So basically when you go through IVF, right? Which um, stands for what? Um, intro, um, in, in vitro fertilization. So basically that's when they, basically what they do is that they give a woman medication. As mammals, our species, we're, you know, as human beings, we're only supposed to give birth to one baby. When you have twins, that's like a miracle. 
Mm-hmm. It's not the norm. It's a miracle that that happens. Yes, yeah. it's 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 more normal than usual and stuff nowadays. But you know, the body is only supposed to really a woman's body is only supposed to give birth to one. Right. Right. Okay. So what happens with IVF is that they give medications to women to stimulate them to create more than one egg, and they stimulate both eggs to drop at the same time. So now you have two ovaries that are supposed to go one month, this one, one month, that one. This time they're confusing your eggs and telling them, Hey, drop at the same time. And then the thing is that, um, I'm just giving you like a little abridged version because there's yeah. like little technicality. Yeah, of course, and, of course. You know? yeah. But the thing is that basically they stimulate both of your ovaries so they can drop eggs. And then what they do is that, um, actually, no, that's for, um, IUI. For IVF, they stimulate your eggs, and before they drop, when they're about to drop, they take you into um, surgery, basically, and they just remove, with a little suction, all the eggs. So if you ever think about the movie The Matrix, just before Keanu Reeves is sucked out of his little pod, and you see all those things with pods, that's basically what they do to us. So they go into the lines. (laughs) It's okay. It's the truth. They go in, and they go... And they take out all of the eggs. After they take out all the eggs, they have to test if the eggs are good. After they test if the eggs are good, then they take the sperm and they put it on the good eggs. After that, they wait five or six days to see if the eggs develop. After the eggs develop, whatever from those bunches that were actually developing when they were supposed to, those are the ones that they freeze and then they put them inside of you. And that is called the transfer. Mm -hmm. So that's basically what it is. When they take a good egg and they take a good sperm, they put them together on purpose they let them curate for five to six days to see where where they get in their um in in their reproduction. You know, it's the stage is called blastocyst. So in that stage, that's when the egg has multiplied and now it's good enough for you to put it in the system. And the reason why it works is because um people have to understand that when fertilization happens, it happens in the fallopian tube. So it takes like five or six days from when the sperm meets the egg in the fallopian tube for it to um, fall independently into the uterus before it starts attaching and getting nutrients from us. So that span of five or six days, that's the span that it gives for your eggs while in freezing. That's how it's able to self-rely on itself to reproduce. Because after the fifth or sixth day, then they know that they have to freeze the process right there because they're not going to get any more nutrients within itself. And that's how they put it inside of you as if, you know, they're just removing the process from the fallopian tube right. in a dish and getting that happening. Okay. Wow. That's a really great way of breaking it down in layman's terms. <laughs> no, you did well. You did yeah. well. There's okay, a lot awesome. of, I mean, there's a lot of steps to it and there's a lot of, right. No, but, but that's but the they judge. To, yeah. That's the just, yeah. That's yeah. definitely a, that's the, that's a really good way to describe it. So how long did it take for you to be in this journey? And cause you say you have a son now, right? And yes, my, my beautiful baby boy. <laughs> I have my baby. Okay, so roughly I started um, in 2017. I became pregnant um, in March of 2019 and gave birth November. To, yeah. Do they... I have a friend of mine that tried for five years. Oh, my God. Before she had her first. And hers was, like, her journey was, I felt mine was devastating. And hers was, you know, it's rough. And you know what? Like, you have to give anybody that's going through any capacity of infertility i just look at them like you are so freaking strong because Mm. it's that desire that want to be a mom that drives you 
to go through all of this hurt physically with the needles that you have to inject to yourself, all the emotional pain, all the physical pain, all the, you know, all the mental pain, like it's a lot of stuff going on. And then as a woman of color, it's extra stigma that you have to deal with because you don't have support in the community. It's like one of the things that my mother was like, she was just like, uh, please don't tell anybody you're going through this. Being in a Latina family, a Latino family, how did they address the situation? How did they address you? Obviously, you mentioned the part where your mother didn't even want you to say anything to anybody. And sometimes, you listen, I love my mother to death. And, some, and lots of times I had to check her. Because the thing is that they grew up in a different time than we did. So the thing is that I know the first thing that she's probably thinking of is shame. Like, mm. my daughter cannot procreate. I didn't have that big of an issue. Like Mm -hmm. I tried and you came out, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Which is absolutely fine. But the thing is that it's our job as this type of generation to educate. And I told my mother, first and foremost, I'm not ashamed. So let's, let's get that out the air. Cause if you're ashamed in my mind, I was like, mom, if you're ashamed, imagine me. (laughs) So sometimes you have to just, you know, fake it till you make it. And I told her, first of all, I'm not ashamed that I'm going through this journey. I am not. And you. I need to move forward. So I just need to know two things. Are you moving forward with me? Or you want me to, you want the parade to pass you by? Get on the float or watch me pass by. And because then I won't make you a part of my journey. And she was just like, first of all, how dare you? Como tu te traes? Mad novela style. How dare you? And she was like, second of all, no, I just need to know where your head is. And you know that I'm going to pray for you. So... I don't know anything about what your journey is. I cannot help you or give you advice, but I'm here to tell you that you're strong. I admire you and I'm here for you. I was like, thank Mm, you. But it is a stigma. It's kind of like a shh. If I was thinking to myself, like if I were to ask my friends, do you know who went through IVF? Everybody knows who goes through IVF, you know, because, you know, as, as Caribbean people, you know, the bochinche, the gossip is strong, (laughs) you know, but, um, you would never hear it from the person's mouth, though. Mm-hmm. It's not like I know. Like, I know that you went through it, but you don't know I know. Because mm-hmm. I know because she knows. Because she told her. Right. And she knows and I know. Right. But you didn't tell me. Like, right. I know a lot of people that follow me on my Facebook that I've met and that I've known in my life that have gone through it. And they still have not added themselves on to follow Titi Rolades or my IVF page on Instagram called Latinas IUI and IVF. Because you have that sense of shame. You have that sense of, I don't feel ready to communicate to Rocio that I too went through that. When that could serve me as some type of upliftment because we're going through postpartum. We're going through post, you know, your, you know, after you give birth and there's a lot of stigmas. And like in one of my episodes called Mom Guilt, I had to deal with that um, when my son, he fell off. Um, he I fell listened off my, to that I, one. Yeah, he fell off. And I was just like, oh, my God, like my baby just fell less than a foot. I don't want people to think that it's like, high <laughs> OK, but the thing is that once I started telling people about it, all of my friends started confessing like their 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 mom drops. That's what I, you know, like the little mom drops like, hey, like people that were listening to the episode afterwards were calling me like, I just got both my kids, both of them. And I think the big one, I think there's an issue with the big one, but you know, that's just between you and me. And I'm just dying of laughter. But in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, like all of these women are telling me about that, but I don't have any people around me going through IVF that have told me about the extra guilt you feel where now you feel to yourself, like, 
am I not a good mom? Mm-hmm. Maybe why I couldn't get pregnant because look at this. I can't even be responsible here. You know, it's like this extra like little string that doesn't, that doesn't stop irking you. And it's, and it's, it's hard. It right. is hard. Yeah. You know what it is, is that it's, it's, it's very uncomfortable for people to laugh at this type of thing because it's like, you don't want to laugh. <laughs> but I, but in my mind, I have to laugh because humor, that's how I deal with things. Right. Through humor. I agree. I can't be serious yeah. because the moment I'm serious, it's just like, and I'll just stay there. Yeah. And I'm not trying to do that. Right. Up positive moving forward. So the family situation was definitely, was it just your mom or was there anybody else that was like, Oh no. Uh, hello. My dad is, is a typical Dominican man where any and all problems don't exist. Uh, hey dad, okay. I'm having infertility issues. Ah, it's not not. Ah, that's nothing. You ain't going through anything. That's in your mind. In my mind, it's in my kuka. That's where it is. That's where I'm having the problem. I'm having the problem down there, dad. And he was just like, ah, it's not not. Ah, you don't have anything. Ah. That's, that's, that's what I got. My brothers, I was, you know, I was born and raised with no sisters and four brothers. And my brothers was like, whoa, that's heavy. <laughs> and they were doing one of these, like that, that Homer Simpson, like, <laughs> like that's what I got from my family. And I can't blame them. It's not something normal that is discussed. It's not something normal that happens. It's not part of what they consider a, a normal thing that a Dominican woman will go through. And that's, that's where, you know, I really held on to my friends and they were my anchor throughout all of this. And I feel like I reached out and they were so supportive and they were so assisting to my situation. And I appreciated them that I appreciated it so much that they went out of their way for it, you know, but still, I feel like I still needed more. And that's why I felt passionate so much about Tootsie Roll Aids because there's no way I'm the only Latina in Brooklyn, Nueva York going through this. No way. Yeah. You know, I'm going to tell you something and you can disagree with me on this or not. Um, I don't think there's anybody that that's out there right now with this situation, making it humorous Latina or not. There isn't. In this, I mean, is there? I don't know. I've never heard no, of it. No, I'll be out. No, because the thing is that I feel like we're not allowed to be. Why right. not? Right. The thing is that there is um, one IVF page that I follow who is a woman that's going through IVF and she's a comedian. Mm. You have to look back in these situations and laugh. I have a question. If a woman that goes through a divorce, right? That's a serious situation, right? But when you're in a room full of people who went through a divorce, you make light of the situation. Like, well, and you know laughing. what he did to me? We're, we're all laughing. <laughs> we're all laughing like, it's that stupid, all this idiot. You know what I mean? And you bond through the laughter and then right, right. laughing, you're bonding through the tears and you're bonding through so many different aspects of what happens. And the thing is that I feel like that's how it should be with IVF. Mm-hmm. Like, um, nobody's talking about these ass shots that I'm constantly taking that do absolutely nothing for the curvature of my, you know, derriere. Mm-hmm. How about that? These <laughs> progesterone shots that I have to take 90 degree angle into my muscle in order for my body to, you know, thicken up the walls. So that way I'm super, super sticky inside. So when I have a transfer, an egg doesn't fall. Right. So it sticks on like a Velcro. It's like I'm growing a Velcro inside my uterus. Right. And the thing is that when you're dealing with IVF, you're already at a low and continuing to talk about it with other people that can't relate 
kind of make you feel a little lower. So you prefer not to talk about it. But if you create a circle where, you know, like I know that, you know, in my culture where, and specifically, specifically in my family, we take any bad situation and we just make it into the biggest stand-up comedy session of all time because we're like, and then he got robbed. (laughs) (laughs) And his shoe flew off. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So the thing is that it's kind of like, why can't I have that space right. to laugh a little? It's a serious topic. It's, mm-hmm. Women are going through this all the time. But there's a moment where camaraderie happens when you're laughing, when, when, when you're poking fun at situations that happen. Like, like I, have, I remember when I used to go to my fertility treatments and I was scared poopless. And I, again, identify with humor to deal with things. So there was this doctor who was limping and I kept calling him the peg leg pirate. And I was like, oh, look at the peg leg pirate. And she goes, who's that? I was like, the doctor with the limp that he looks like he has like a bionic leg, but you and I both know that's probably wood in there. And she was just like, ah, ah. <laughs> and my doctor was just dying of laughter. And she was just like, yeah, because the peg leg of the pirate. And I was like, hey, <laughs> And meanwhile, she's like, <laughs> so let's talk about. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, I think that I'm allowed to laugh about everything that's happening because you cannot. It's like, I'll give you a great example to what I'm trying to say. Have you ever watched the movie The Never Ending Story, which one of my favorite movies of all time? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's kind of like walking in the swamps of sadness. Yeah where you're constantly surrounded by sadness mm-hmm. everywhere you go. I cannot be our tax. I'm not going to let the swamps of sadness consume me. I have to be a trail. I have to pull through. I have to pull through to a point that if I have to leave some of myself behind to get obsessed with the swamps of sadness in order for me to move forward, then I'm going to do that. And that's how I feel that Titsy Roll Aid, especially with this topic, kind of like combine itself in like, yes, it's humorous, but you have to persevere. And if anything about the podcast, it's just a way for me to tell you, you go girl, you got this. And you know what? There's going to be a lot of women that are going to go more times than IBF than two times and three times and four times and five times in order for you to get it right. Get, get what you need for you, right. To move forward and persevere. And you know what? If after IVF, this does not work out for you, that means that the title of mom will still come to you a different way because you have surrogacy and you also have adoption. And, you know, there's so many different levels of the title mom that you can give to yourself. And that is a serious conversation that I had with my husband about surrogacy and adoption. And I told him, you know what, I think it would be better if I do adoption because I grew up as a, a children's leader in church, in a Christian Pentecostal church. And... I need to make, I felt like I need to make a difference in somebody's life and continue on the legacy of just positivity, keeping things up, keeping things positive. Right. I guess what I was trying to say is that even though they, the ones who are listening or who are, who may be listening, they may not need to be Latina to listen to you because, oh, absolutely not. You know what I mean? I think that you just are providing just this comic relief when they're going through this process. I mean, even I've never been through IVF and I was listening to your episodes just fine. You know, just being a mom, the dropping the, the kid. And when you spoke to the doctor, I mean, those experiences I experienced. I mean, I thought it was the end of the world. And, you know, and he was like, well, how how far did you drop? You know, how far did they fell? And when I told him I'm crying, he's like laughing. He's like, <laughs> I know my doctor was, was like, girl, 
my baby dropped by eight months. And I'm here like, you're a doctor and you drop your baby. There is hope for us all. Right, right. So I think this is such a great thing that you're doing. I think it's amazing and and it's hilarious. But that's, you know, I'm trying to create a safe space. Don't get me wrong for anybody going through IVF. Absolutely. But I'm also trying to make it safe for, um, you know, people of color, my black and brown sisters to have a space that, you know, you can't talk about IVF and you have somebody here that looks like you that is speaking about it. Mm -hmm. So with everything that we talked about and your experiences, if you could tell a woman one piece of advice about IVF, that's going that's going through it or maybe going to look into it that you wish they told you that you wish you have known before going in what would that be girl <laughs> harass 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 your insurance there is so so much that i went through because of lack of knowledge because of my insurance because i heavily relied on the insurance um in the billing department of my um Um, facility that I went to the center. And I also relied heavily on my insurance thinking that they got their stuff together. In actuality, both of them, they never cross-referenced. And because I heavily relied on them and I was just like, well, they said I was covered, so I'm covered. Okay. Like in my mind, I was just like, (laughs) okay, whatever. And then I saw things started going left with information that was given to me. I went through a lot because I was told that after three failed IUIs, I get a freebie, a free IVF. On my fourth, on my fourth um, IUI, that was actually supposed to be like preparing my body in order for them to, you know, give me all these, you know, to have my body overstimulate and create eggs to take out of me, right? So I was going in, and just as I was about to start my injection to um, produce, the billing department would send me an email on some like, "Hey, you're not covered for an IVF. Um, figure it out and get back to us." And I was just like, "Esperate, what? <laughs> so what am I going to do with the medication that they gave me? Because I already started um, the medication before I started my injection. They was already giving me Clomid in order for me to produce more, um, more eggs. And what ended up happening is that that's to turn that cycle into another IUI. So I had some eggs drop and they just turned it into an IUI. So I wouldn't miss out on all these eggs that I just produced, you know, to, to get this done because of miscommunication. So I would always tell anybody listening is to heavily inform yourself with your insurance. How do you do that? The quickest way is to call one day and be like, Hey, I'm going through infertility. I am seeking assistance. What do you cover? Mm -hmm. After that, hang up two weeks later, call them again and ask them the exact same question. Why? Because I relayed any information that I was getting. Any person that I would call have the information switched. And the information switch, and then the information switch, and a lot of the operators that I was talking to were not taking notes. So then they didn't have proof of the conversations that I had. So out of the five conversations and two assisted, only one was reported. So when I found my case on, hey, you guys told me that I was covered by IVF, they were like, yes, no. It, it was just a huge back and forth. So I always tell anybody that asks me for my advice, call your insurance. Educate yourself on your insurance because you are paying for this insurance and they should be able to um, keep information um, clear, concise, and consistent. So the thing is that that is the biggest takeaway I would say. And how do you check that? You hang up the phone and call two weeks later on some, I have no idea what they were trying to tell me. Can you tell me again? Because I don't know. And you better hope to God that that information is the same as the first time you called. If it is, 
that means your insurance is, you know, on par, doing what they have to do, great. If it's not, then you're going to have to speak to a supervisor and ensure that they break down your information and hang up two weeks later, call again and do it again. You have to do this so that way you can have the same information. So when you go to the fertility clinic, um, clinic and if they don't have that information correct, you can tell them, esperate, call the insurance right now because this is what's the real thing here. Right. So that's the biggest like advice I would tell them. That is great advice. Now let's talk about the love of your life, your son. <laughs> oh. I don't know if that was your computer or mine that did that, but it was a great sound effect. It was, it was. It was <laughs> like, like your oh. son. <laughs> so how old is he now? Right now he's six months. He just turned six months and he is one of the most amazing things that ever came out of my body. Mm. He's also one of the greatest things that ever came out of my body. <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> All right. Could there be anything else coming out of your body? Poop! I'm talking about poop! <laughs> okay. Well, then there's that. Um, okay. <laughs> edit. No, okay. I'm just kidding. Edit. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Clap. <laughs> save, save, this, save this for, for VIP. <laughs> bloopers. Uh, the bloopers. Uh, no, exactly. I'm keeping it. I want everyone to hear it. Keep it real. Poop! <laughs> so, um, no, but he's no. one of the great, he's amazing, my baby. And you know what? I look at him every day and I'm just so amazed and I'm still going through, um, sometimes like I still go through my moments of sadness going through IVF because sometimes my child gets on my, my nerves, mm. like ah, you ate, ah, I changed your diaper. <laughs> ah, what do you want for my life? Why is your life so hard? And then you think to yourself, but you fought so hard to get here. So you have no mm. right to feel like, um, not annoyance, but just like, you know, when you're just overwhelmed with your, with your child and it's just like, you just need a breath of fresh air. When you go through IVF, sometimes like me personally, I feel like I don't deserve to go through that fresh breath of air. Right. I well, fought to get annoyed. So I shouldn't complain when I'm annoyed. Yeah. I hate to tell you this. Um, I think a lot of women, regardless of IVF or not, no, seriously, it's the guilt. It's the mo- it's part of the it's mom, the mom guilt. guilt. I had this child. I brought her into this world, and how dare I say that to her? You know, right? It's how normal. dare I get annoyed that he's yeah, crying. like she's. Asking I don't know if his butt itches. I don't know if if, <laughs> if it's his diaper that's on a little tight. I don't know. Like how dare I? Right. And right. when I spoke to my Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. They were just like, girl, let me tell you, let me unload on you. And then right. when I hear everybody's annoyance, I'm like, yep. oh my God, so it's like regular. Yeah. I'm a regular mom and yeah. I'm a cool mom. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is so amazing. Yeah. He's I'm so great. happy. He's great. I, you know, as a mother, as I was told, you know, you do feel like your child is a little extra special. Going through IVF, I feel like my child is like super perfect because <laughs> it's kind of like they pick the best sperm and the best <laughs> egg. This wasn't random, people. It wasn't random. I have a perfect child. So in my mind, I'm kind of like, oh, my God, he's trying to sit up. Oh, my God, he's, he, he grunts at me sometimes. And I'm like, he's trying to communicate. Oh, my God, my boy's a genius. <laughs> yes. Yep. You know, um, yeah, I'm listening to you, and mine is is uh, nine, and I'm like, that stops. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're just like, um, so I'm gonna, 
you, you totally Kanye West me. Like, that you're like, stops. So <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but oh, <laughs> that stops. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it, you know what? This, this, this journey that you were on, it obviously has impacted you in a very positive way where now you are the voice um, for other women. And that's what I want to say. You're very strong. You stay what's on your mind. But not a lot of women are like that. You set up boundaries with your mother. When you started saying that, I was like, that is boundaries. You set them up. You're like, you're going to be, are you with me or not? Because I'm not going to deal with this. A lot, and a lot of women don't have that strength. But I would say if they listen to your podcast, you might actually be able to empower them. Through, and, through your and experience. I really hope, and I really hope that, that I do. And I'm, I'm just advocating so hard. Like, even if you're a friend of a person going through IVF, definitely listen to this podcast, educate yourself and, you know, be a support system that a woman like me needs. Because trust me, we, we need it and we need patience and we need love. There's a lot of women going through this by themselves that, mm-hmm. you know, they just feel like, hey, I'm just going to try to do this by themselves. And just going to maybe one appointment, just one appointment by myself, I was freaking the hell out. Mm. And maybe out of 99.99999 appointments that my husband went to, if he couldn't go to one appointment, I already felt alone. Mm. So I can imagine other women when they, when they don't have that, a, a strong support system like I did, it's, it's devastating. It's sad. And, yeah. you know, you just really think to yourself, like, you know, I, I was very lucky to to have my Ocean's Eleven, to have my amazing husband and my and the support of my family because they didn't know how to support, but they were always mentioning support. So where can we find you? Like, where's your podcast? So I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Funny you <laughs> ask. Funny you ask. Um, I'm actually working on a website soon, but as of right now, you can de- definitely find me, find me on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. So you could definitely find me on my primary account, which is the Instagram account at Tootsie Rollades. You can find me on Facebook. Guess where? At Tootsie Rollades. You can also find me on Twitter. Guess what? Under Tootsie Rollades. You have something to say to me? Email me. Tootsie Rollades at gmail.com. Up there, but you know. Okay. What about your podcast? It's Are you on iTunes? and? Yes. So you can find Tootsie Rollades on iTunes, on um Google Podcasts. You can find me on Spotify. You can find me on basically all places where podcasts are casted. So I'm pretty much almost everywhere. And if anything, um, if you don't know how to get to my page, if you go to my Instagram page, there is a link in my bio and it'll take you straight to um, one of the platforms, one of the platforms to, to listen to me and also on Facebook, um, on Facebook as well. So you can definitely do that. Okay. You're everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> so anywho, um, <laughs> girl, we're going to have you sing talking. Let me edit that one out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no I, I really appreciate you being here. I didn't know if I was going to be able to you know, I'm really surprised at myself because I was like, oh, my God, am I going to be laughing the whole entire time? But, you know, I kept it under control. You're doing it. You girl, you're doing it. So anyway, with Rocio, yes. Rocio, thank you so much for being here and, and making me laugh. And I hope the listeners laugh as well. Well, before I, you continue, I want to say thank you so much for giving me even a platform to even talk on and 
to be surrounded by so many amazing women that you're interviewing that just speaks volumes on the respect you see in me. And not only that, but the respect I see in you, the admiration I see in you, the way that you handle yourself, your professionalism, and just your advocacy on you know, running and health and just making it manageable and not accusatory. I think that that's just amazing. And I'm just honored to even be within the same, you know, circle as you as a podcaster. So thank you so much. What are you doing? You're definitely an inspiration. Why you got to do this? Now my eyes are getting all teary. You did that All your emotions. All your emotions. I, no, you. but it's true. I, I, I you know, you're, that. you've definitely been um, someone I, I, you know, didn't know that I needed throughout this journey. And you've been there and you've been so supportive and helping and, and giving. And I always um, lean to people that way that are like-minded like me, where you don't know me from a hole in a wall. And already you're like, I want to see this person win. Mm. And it's like, that's contagious. And that's yeah. also motivating to, to have me strive to do better and, and to have somebody like you in, in the strength and in this capacity to, to assist me, I think it's amazing. And only an amazing person like you see amazing in others. So thank you. I hate you that you're doing this to me. You're amazing. You are. You oh are so God. amazing. Stop. You're Lisa, making you're me amazing. all teary eyed. You're amazing. Thank you. No, thank Thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really, really do. And you're right. A lot of women, I don't know from the hole in the wall, but I see (laughs) you're, no, you're right. And it's seeing that amazingness. And I I think that when, my God, I don't even know if the listeners know this, but I literally, we were at a podcast happy hour doing a Zoom call. And I got to tell you, the minute she opened her mouth, and she said, I'm from Brooklyn, and then started talking. I said, I need to know her. I, I, I literally said, I need to know her. She's hilarious. She's from Brooklyn, and she's a New Yorker, and I'm like, I need to meet you. And that, that, was, that was it. And then just listening to your – when I listened to the episodes on your podcast – I was like, oh, this girl's onto something. This is good. This is some good shit. <laughs> no, seriously, this is some good shit. And you're live, not for nothing. I can't always stay on because my daughter is bothering me, but I have left which your is li- hel- Which is hilarious, let me tell you, because I love the fact that moms pop in and they're just like, I'm out. <laughs> You're one of them. You're like, you're literally there at nine. And by like 9.15, you're like, eh, I got to go to the bathroom. No, but I put it, but I do put it back on because, and I have left it on while I'm washing dishes because you're freaking hilarious. Oh my God. You are hilarious. And I I don't mean to be. No. People, please don't put me on the spot to be funny because then I'm not. (laughs) Be funny. Be funny. Yeah. Be funny. And I'm kind of like, (laughs) Hi. Um, so water, am I right? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's not, it just, I'm a conversational funny person. Don't yeah. put me on a mic. You're right. And don't You're sell right. me exercise powders. I'm, not- <laughs> oh my God. I'm gonna have to edit that one out uh, anyway. <laughs> no, but thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me here and you're just so inspiring to follow. So I'm just. Oh, thank you. No, you're inspiring as well. You're hilarious. You're funny. And I hope that the listeners laugh along with us and I hope they follow you on your Instagram um, yes. as well as on your podcast. I will say again, you don't have to have gone through IVF or even know ha- that to go through it, but just listening to her stories, listening to her narrative, they're hilarious. And, and also informative all at the same time, which is yeah. a beautiful thing. 
And again, if you're going through a rough day, listen to the funny episodes. They're definitely, you know, they definitely pucker you up. Yep. Yeah. So thank you again. Thank you so much. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. I appreciate your feedback and reviews on iTunes, Spotify, and our iHeartRadio. Again, thank you, Rocio. Rocio right. from Tootsie Roll 8. Your t- life, sweet relief. I love it. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>